My name is Ellen. I'm a compulsive overeater, compulsive eater, food addict, volume eater, um, binge eater, among other things. Um, I'll leave my phone number. That's okay. Um, I'll give it twice. I know I speak quickly. It's 203-470-4826. Again, that's 203-470-4826. Eastern, text only. Unless you don't have a smartphone, in which case you can call, but only up until 8.30 p.m. Um, really glad to have the opportunity to do service and speak. Um, the timing couldn't be better. Uh, maybe it's a higher power. Maybe it isn't. doesn't matter to me. Um, it's just good timing because tomorrow will be a very difficult, tempting day on the food front. Um, so I feel like I'm kind of putting high-octane gasoline <laughs> into my OA tank. Um, I was at the same event last year, and it was difficult, but I got through. I mean, I got through abstinent, and I, you know, intend and hope uh, to get through abstinent. There's no reason I shouldn't tomorrow. Um, and it's uh, basically um, – I don't think I want to say the name of it. I don't know. I feel like it might be an outside issue, so I'd rather not do that. But um, it's a festival is what it is. It's a festival. It's not a food festival per se, but it's a festival that – uh, the, the theme of it does involve a way of eating, let's say, a particular way of eating and more and being and such. Um, and there's a lot of food and alcohol and coffee vendors. Um, I haven't had alcohol in many years. I stopped drinking coffee um, nine and a half months ago, and I don't eat spontaneously. And since I don't know which vendors will be there, I can't safely have food there unless I bring it, which I will. What I can do, and I did last year as well, I'm volunteering at the event. I volunteered today for a few hours, and I'll volunteer tomorrow for a few hours, and then I'll also get there early and stay late to shop and talk to people and connect and so forth. Um, so you get a T-shirt and a food voucher is a volunteer, and it was the same last year. Um, and um, so what I did is I bought stuff that wasn't perishable because uh, tomorrow especially I won't be getting home till very, very late because then I'm going to a film festival after that. Um, and um, that way I can use my, you know, my volunteer coupon and not have food spoil, although it's probably be cold out anyway tomorrow. But um, in any event, so qualifying on a 100-pounders meeting the night before is just, exactly what I need and um, the timing just couldn't be better. So um, having said that, um, you know, I usually go like from when I was a kid and on, but you know, here we are. I'll talk about this thing tomorrow. Um, I eat four times a day. Um, I used to eat five times a day because I had a very bad low blood sugar incident and my doctor suggested I have a protein, a small protein bedtime snack, which I did. But I haven't done it for a long time now. I don't need to. But I still do eat four times a day, um, largely because I have diabetes. But it also, it just looks better for me for digestive reasons to um, not have as large meals three times, but slightly smaller four times. So, um, Tomorrow, I will be bringing two meals with me. So I'll have my first meal at home as breakfast. Then I'll have my second meal at home. And I will bring meals three and four. And 
I am not sure where I, the third meal I will have at this festival. No question about that. I'll just you know like go sit somewhere or whatever. Um, the fourth meal I may have there. I may have it in a car on the way to the film festival, or I may have it at the film festival. Depends on the timing. Um, I have bad insomnia, and I don't know when I wake up and when I finish meal one, and then it you know I wait three to four hours usually between the two you know meals. Um, but I heard it said on an OA phone meeting um, quite a while ago that my food is planned, prepared, and protected. And um, my food is planned. I plan it every night for the next day. I've done it on an Excel spreadsheet. I've done it on Google Sheet. I'm now doing it in good old pen on a piece of like loose leaf or, or memo paper, and it's working for me. Um, I turn it over to somebody. I just started doing that about two months ago. I have an accountability person, not an accountability partner, because it's not two-way, although I help her also, but um, she's not accountable to me. Um, and I've had her for a long time, maybe even pre-COVID, I don't know, um, a year, two years, three years, and it's extremely helpful. And what I do is if I change my food, I text her. And I tell her what I'm changing and why. I used to even text her if I was going to have vegetable A and I went to the refrigerator and it had spoiled, so I had to have vegetable B and it wasn't a choice, it wasn't a willful act, I texted her anyway. I don't do that anymore. If there's something where, you know, I I was planning to have a certain food and I was out of them, I forgot, or I was going to have eight of them and I only have four left. I don't um, let her know that. I only let her know when I make a decision to eat something different than what I was going to eat. Um, and then about two months ago, I decided it would be helpful to turn my food over to her, and that has just been fantastic. Um, I email to her every night, and I what I do actually is um, I used to just I think copy and paste from whatever sheet I was using, but now I take a, a picture of my handwritten and I write in all block letters so she can read it because my handwriting is terrible. Um, and then I still do the same thing if I change something. Today was just a very weird day. Uh, I changed, I hardly changed anything actually, but I I had to change some things because of, I went back to sleep and after meal one and then I wasn't sure if I was going to have my restaurant meal in as meal or meal four, and that's the other thing. If I'm going to a restaurant, I go on the website first, I see what they have, even if I've already been there, because sometimes menus change, um, and that happened to me uh, more than once. So I, I have my first choice, and then I have my second choice in case they ran out of it or whatever, and then I also bring a backup meal with me, because I was on vacation once, and um, the restaurant that I had been to for coffee the day before, when I went there for my planned meal the next day, they were closed. There had been a blackout in the city, which I knew, but I didn't know that um, they hadn't gotten their power back. And so I had to, like, like hightail it back to the hotel. Um, so that's what I did today. I was having a meal at a restaurant that I had gone to a billion times, but I haven't been to recently because we adopted a dog after losing our dog earlier this year. And um, 
unlike any dog we've ever had, he is great in public. He's very quiet. He's chill. He's very friendly. So you can bring him to a restaurant that has outdoor seating or that allows dogs inside. Um, and so this one doesn't. It doesn't have outdoor seating, and there's no dogs there. So I we have him. We're boarding him tonight, and so I dropped him at the kennel this morning. And I was like, oh my god, I want to go there. Um, and we won't always do that. I mean, we'll sometimes, you know, go to a restaurant, but it's only been 10 weeks. So we really only left him home alone with both of us out, I think, once and only for like two hours. Um, so um, I had my first choice and my second choice and my backup, and I had my first choice, and it was all good. Um, for me, I come from very big numbers. I don't know my top weight because, like many of us, I stopped weighing myself. My last recorded weight was 292, and I was probably teetering on or about or over 300. Um, and the indignities and suffering of being an obese woman are different. I'm not saying they're worse or better, but they are different from the indignities and suffering of being an obese man or of being a non-obese person. Um, there's the not always being able to fit into a seat at a restaurant, at an amusement park, on a commuter rail, you know, train or a bus. Um, there's going on an airplane and not having the seatbelt fit and having to get a seat extender, a seatbelt extender. Um, there's the not always able, being able to buy clothes, although in this day and age, you really can because you know, places have 6X and 4X, and they have the, a company, I won't say if that's an outside issue, but there's an actual company that specializes in, I think it's just bras maybe, maybe other things. I mean, and they'll go up to like at least the 6X, but, um, you know, uh, when I was growing up back in the day, uh, there was no internet, and the only, there was one store where I lived where you could get large size clothing. You could get it in person, or you could get it at a catalog. And my mother, that was the only place she could shop. And I always said, I will never shop in that store like my mother, ever, ever, ever. And the day that I had to go there the first time, it was just such a dark, sad day for me. Um, there's also the fact that in our society, for better or worse, in this country, that um, Obese women are not viewed as desirable and um, all that kind of stuff. Now, I was not obese as a kid or a teenager. I wasn't even fat, actually. I was um, a tomboy, and I was just really active, and I always played ping pong and box ball and stoop ball and softball and rode my bike and walked and rode a scooter. Um, I was on my high school volleyball team. I played field hockey. Although I don't think I was on a team, but I don't remember. It was many years ago. Um, so I didn't have a weight problem. But I always ate like a compulsive overeater. Um, as much food as I could get, as often as I could get it. Um, I, lo I always loved sort of like these occasions. I didn't love the occasion at all, but um, I loved where there was unlimited free food. I mean, that to me was just, glory. Um, I grew up in a family where there was a lot of obesity, a lot of compulsive overeating. My mother was 250, my aunt was 300, my uncle was, I don't know, 350 or 400. Both my grandmothers were obese, or fat anyway, um, and 
various and sundry other relatives. Um, it was really a norm and food was the center, the focal point of every gathering, every gathering. Um, I want to talk about some of the things that I did as an active binging compulsive overeater, partly because I need to remember and partly because it might help someone who's new and or struggling. Um, I stole food. I ate food that was very questionable. I once ate um, a type of candy that I found on the grass that was already open. The wrapper was already open and it was on the grass. A dog could have peed on that for all I know, but I ate it anyway. Um, I didn't always wait for food to cool down. I ate room temperature even if it would be better um, warmed up. I hung out sometimes with people I didn't really like that much just because they had food. They had, quote, good food at their house. We didn't have good food at our house. Um, my mother was always dieting. So um, I remember this kid in elementary school, he had a lunchbox that was like, I guess, a construction worker's, those black lunchboxes with the kind of hood sort of thing. And he had a particular dessert in it every day, and I was mesmerized. I thought, I remember his name to this day, and I was mesmerized. I was like, oh, my God, how does he do that? Um, and whenever the good humor man would come, I could only get ices. I couldn't get the other stuff, even though I wasn't fat. It was just, it was the way it was. Um, I hid food. I often ate, you know, without other people being there. I sometimes, I was also very out of the closet eater. I, once I started putting on weight in high school, I would go to a fast food place and I would go to the counter and say, okay, I'm gonna order this, this is for Bill, this is for Sally, this is for Dennis, this is for Diane, when it was all for me. And I would start eating it in the parking lot. I would eat some on the way home in the car. I would eat some when I got home. I started to have very bad digestive problems where I uh, I couldn't always flush. It wouldn't always go down. I had to look for like bathrooms that you know you could that you could count on, so to speak, uh, commercial toilets. Um, I put forty pounds on in high school. I took it off before I went away to college. And my first semester, I was um, I was thin and I was very controlled with my eating. I had um, a certain item every night with two beers, and that's what I had. I controlled my food and my alcohol. I don't know how I did it, but I did. Um, and then over the years, I was in and out of OA. I tried lots of things. I tried tops. I tried Weight Watchers. I tried OA. I tried Slim Fast. Um, I must have. I tried fasting. There's probably other things I'm forgetting. I never did that. My mother did that. Thank you. I hear you. Uh, and I, did, I didn't want to do that. Um, I, there's, in one of the steps, I don't remember, um, I procrastinated, I slept, I hid, or something like that. Um, I did a lot of that. And I also did a lot of eating in restaurants and delis and every place I ever lived or worked. I knew every deli within a three-mile radius. And I knew if they were open at night and if they were open on weekends and if their salad stuffs were homemade and um, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm abstinent now 
almost 10 and a half months. I've had other long, long stretches, um, and I don't think I have it made. But I will tell you how I've done it and what works for me. I work the program like I ate, which is with a vengeance. Um, I have a new thing I've been doing for a little while in the morning. I say front and center, first and foremost. My recovery is the most important thing in my life without exception. And I'm willing to go to any length and do whatever it takes to maintain and enhance it. And I am. Um, I do service whenever I'm asked unless I have a conflict. I already have something going on. I have a new service commitment um, that works really well for me, actually. I transcribe the business meeting notes for um, a particular meeting that they meet every other month. And um, that really is good for me also. I speak. Um, I, if nobody offers to do newcomer greeter or, um, you know, take down contact information or those kinds of things, I will do that. I used to moderate a lot of marathons. I don't do that anymore because they changed some of the format and I, there are things I won't say. And so I, that's okay. I just, I won't do that. Um, I almost always, maybe always really, I always take down people's names and numbers who are struggling and I'll text them and offer support. Um, I don't do much in the way of reading and writing. I used to, but I, I don't do that so much. Um, and I only eat foods that I like, and I only exercise if I like it, um, unless there's a good reason. Like there are certain machines at the gym I don't really like, but I'll do them because they're good for me. But I won't do it if I dislike it, and I won't eat a food if I dislike it. I'll eat a food that's okay because it's nutritionally sound. I have a very complicated food plan. I have diabetes. I'm off all medication. I have chronic kidney disease. I'm off all medication, and I'm vegan. Um, so yeehaw, and I'm very picky. So, um, but I make it work, you know. Um, thank you. Um, I will go to different supermarkets and health food stores, and I, I've been cooking a lot. That's been really good for me. I, I never cooked. I had three things I cooked, and that was it. I probably have 12 or 14 or 16 dishes that I cook. Uh, some are vegetables, some are main dishes. Um, there's a sort of dessert one now. Um, and it's a great process for me. All that time and energy and money that I spend binging, I can spend looking at groceries and uh, checking out ethnic cuisine and making things and sharing it with people, and um, and people tend to love it. Uh, I have, I don't know what my higher power is. I call it my spiritual tripod, uh, the benevolent forces, powers, and flow in the universe both within and inside of me. Uh, my inner wisdom, the wisdom of some people, many in programs, some not, and some force, some supernatural, I don't know what it is, but I know I didn't get me abstinent. And I, yeah, I work my ass off, but I don't keep me abstinent. If it's me and a bag of junk food in a room, the junk food will win. It will always win. But when I align myself with a flow or a, I don't know what you call it, um, you know, I work the steps, I, I take my inventory, I, you know, when I'm wrong, I make amends, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. I have red, yellow, and green light foods. There are foods I will never eat again. There are foods that I could be binging out of my mind and I would never binge on them. And then there's the, if I'm in a good place spiritually, I can do it. 
this is not like AA where you put the plug in the jug and sayonara. It isn't. You have to eat, you know. Um, so I used to hear at OA meetings back in the day that you have to take the tiger out of the cage three times a day and put him back in. So for me, it's about the food, and it isn't about the food. It's about filling myself in ways that don't involve binging. It's about connecting with people and with the universe. I walk in nature. Um, I meditate a lot. I take naps. Um, for me, some of it is sitting with the feelings. Some of it is reaching out to others. Some is doing step 11, and some is checking out and escaping in ways that are healthy and enjoyable. Um, and some of it's time a mystery. I, I, you know, time's up. End of qualification. Thank you for allowing me to share, and I will pass. Thanks, Alan, for your share. Let me get the uh, recording turned off.